How to win a Lifetime Achievement Award for Services to Television and How Not To. A Good Omens Fic by Gary Oldman. Read by a team of Podfickers. Chapter 9 I'm at the Oscars, baby! First Act The Monologue or duologue. We've rehearsed this. It's perfect. It's so perfect that it didn't even sound like we've rehearsed it. We know it so well by this point, planned over and over in the garden of the cottage, drafts passed back and forth with red and gold pens scratching out lines, making notes, reworking. It had gone amazingly in tech rehearsals. So why am I still so bloody nervous? It doesn't help that Raphael looks calm as anything. He's wearing a cream tux with the most wonderful gold detailing, like little wings encircling the cuffs and lapels. He's standing quite calmly, staring around the set as everyone else fusses. I'm jumping up and down on the balls of my feet. Something made much more difficult in these 2,000-pound shoes, but it soothes me. It's okay. If you fluff it up, just hide behind one of the dancers. Aziraphal assures me. I'm not a dancer. Why did we add dancers? People love dancers. Easy for you to say, you don't have to dance. Well, you were against adding the gavotte, so I'll let you take responsibility for this. He says, gesturing to my outfit. So, granted, reenacting dance scenes from famous movies had felt like a good idea back at my kitchen table, and I was just trying to make Aziraphel laugh, but now that I'm dressed as Yuma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, I am starting to question it. My feet are getting cold. You wanted Uma, you have to live with your choices. And you don't think the wig is too much? Darling, stop fretting. You look perfect. And that's reassuring. A bit. Not much. Except it definitely works. On the other side of the stage, I can see the La La Land dancers waiting in the wings. Our Swayze and Baby are flirting behind them, and behind us are a gaggle of tap-dancing chimney sweeps. I'm impressed that we got it to this point, to be honest. If I'd suggested this kind of thing for the show, I'd have been told it was stupid and there was no money. But this is the Oscars, baby. The AD hushes everyone, and I can feel the show about to start. The lights are going down, ready to come back up again on the stage, and everyone is buzzing with that pre-show feeling. I haven't felt like this in a long time. The opening chords are beginning to play, and the lighting guy is working his magic on stage. 
We are nearly ready, and I feel like I'm going to barf. But then a hand falls on mine. It's just a soft touch. Nothing forceful or grand. But suddenly I can feel myself in my body again. Aziraphale is smiling. Break a leg. He whispers quiet enough that my staring at his lips feels warranted. And I'm on stage. I open the number, alone on stage, in a little black wig, a fitted white shirt and no shoes, dancing in front of a group of people who likely detest me. But I know Aziraphale is watching from the wings. I know how good this show is that we've planned together. So I trust in it, and the second the audience sees me, they're applauding. Whooping and hollering. I imagine the camera is seeking out Travolta and Huma's reactions, but they don't have long before the Mamma Mia dancers have joined me on stage. More cheers. I actually see Meryl nearby and she's laughing along. And then the thunder claps above us, the lights fall to black and the rain begins to pour. The stagehand rushes an umbrella into my grip, and when the lights are back on, we are all holding them as fake Gene Kelly twirls himself around a lamppost. Then the La La Land group, the step in time, the time of my life. And somehow, it's over. Everyone is roaring with applause. Aziraphale has joined me on stage, looking like a prince in a Disney movie, whilst I look like the loser of a wet t-shirt contest. I can hardly breathe for all the dancing, but we don't have the chance to speak yet over the reaction. Aziraphale smiles in that way of his, and somehow everyone quiets down. Thank you, and thank you for being here tonight. And for having us as your hosts for the Academy Awards. The First Night Why did he look so crestfallen? The room isn't that bad. I mean, it's cold and there's definitely a massive spider living in the wardrobe, but he doesn't know that yet. It could be... but that's stupid. He's the one that walked out. He's the one that left the tea. It's fine. I know why he did it, but that doesn't change the fact that he doesn't want this in his life. Tea. This. And frankly, we have more important things to focus on. Like what outfits we are going to wear and which celebs we are going to pick on. Second Act As the first awards are being announced, we rush backstage for a costume change. Someone chucks a towel at my head. 
Oh, Adam. I roll my eyes. Cheers. He hands me my next outfit, a suit to match Shazirafeld's, though in red and black, and where his has daintily embroidered wings, mine has flames twisting its way around the suit. Out on stage, there's a huge cheer. Someone won an award. Good for them. Aziraphale gets to stay in his suit for now, but he's beside me all the same. Adam helps to get the tie knotted properly, and I'm kind of glad I brought him along. Him and the guys who operate the gotcha cam. It felt like a necessary addition, considering the amount of celebrities wandering around doing God knows what were the only ones we brought over with us. Everyone else is local, which feels weird but kind of freeing. No bee buzzing around the audio helps me to focus a little. Your dad's not too pissed we brought you along. I whisper as he gestures for the hair and makeup guys to fix the mess on my head. Him? Nah, don't think so. You didn't tell him? Nope. I can't even be mad. It's what I would have done. Hell, it's what I did do for a week, calling in sick to the show. If they weren't close to firing me before... But it's the Oscars, baby. More cheering from the stage. More awards. None for Gretchen Wieners, who is, of course, me. But I can't even be mad at the whole Lifetime Award debacle. God knows we wouldn't have been asked to do this if it hadn't been for the whole rivalry over the past few months. And that's not even to speak of... Everything else that we have. Had. Might have. I can't help looking at Aziraphale, looking at me, and feeling... You're on stage in two minutes! The AD tells us and makes Adam shoo us over to the wings. Someone is giving a speech about their grandma and the inspiring lesbians of the world. Cheers to that. And for a moment, it's just us in the dark. Aziraphale is stood close enough that I can feel his breath on my neck. If I was to turn my head ever so slightly, I could... But no, not now. It's the Oscars, baby, and I need to avoid spending the next 24 hours of my career looking like a flustered pigeon. Not again! The next bit is one of my favourites. Aziraphale came up with the whole thing. The devil and the angel on their shoulders, sneaking up behind them and voicing their inner thoughts. The best part is that everyone is going to assume this was all me, but it wasn't. None of them know that the angel is just as much of a bastard as the devil, else he wouldn't be so contrary. We pick Meryl first. I've never actually met her, but Aziraphale has and is a huge fan. I perch to her left, Aziraphale to her right. 
How lovely of you to remember my role in Mamma Mia in your opening segment. Raphael says brightly. There's no acting for him. Nor me. Yes, I add sardonically. I watched Devil Wears Prada three times as research for this. And research only. I have a Tony and multiple Oscars, but please talk more about the time I was drunk on a Greek island with Colin Firth. Even Merrill laughs, and I must say it's quite nice to play these games with the guests rather than against them. Aziraphale's shining blue eyes help with the charm, I'm sure. It worked on me, and my resolve is famously higher than Merrill's. Next is Leo, and it's all too easy. He smells like expensive scotch and floral soap. He plays along the whole time, giving us facial expressions to match, chuckling through it. I'm just so happy to be here amongst my friends and colleagues. And this girl whose name I've forgotten beside me. I wish all of our contestants the best of luck. I deserve eight of these things. The system is rigged. My success is measured in more than awards. I fought a fucking bear. Second day. There's no food in the house, so we're out for breakfast. A town over has a lovely little cafe, quiet and with good food. I like this area because everyone who lives here is much too old to watch my show, so I barely get recognized as anything other than that nice-looking boy from the city. Yes, the one with the legs. But I hadn't counted on Aziraphale's popularity with the locals. They've been fussing over him for 20 minutes already. Dottie and Lou, the couple who run the cafe, jumped on him the moment he arrived. Oh, Dot! Lou cried. It's that lovely boy from the telly! Mr. Fell! Dot doted. Oh, please, do call me Aziraphale, he insisted. My, if I had any interest in gentlemen at all, Mr. Fell, I'd be flirting like no one's business, Dottie said, causing Lou to cackle. If you ask me, the pair of them have been flirting since we stepped in. Thank you, ladies, Aziraphel says kindly, though I'm sure he notices the glare from my direction. I'm not jealous, I'm hungry. They can fawn over him all they want once I have a cup of tea, a stack of pancakes and my own separate table. What would you like, dear? He asks me before he's had a chance to order. I grumble my order to Dottie, who only just seems to notice I'm there. Oh, it's that lovely boy from the city. Lovely? Aziraphale mouths with amusement across the table. How do you two know each other, then? Old friends. Aziraphale says coyly. Now, I'll have the number ten and a pot of tea, please. They scamper off but that self-satisfied little smile is still on his mouth. Stop looking at his mouth. Lovely boy. 
he whistles to himself. Ooh, lovely boy from the city. Oh, shut it. I roll my eyes, but the venom isn't really there. In bed again. Another awkward moment as we parted ways on the stairs. We were having a nice evening too, sat around the fire coming up with ideas. Aziraphale took notes. I doodled rubber ducks in different outfits. We spent the day out grocery shopping too, so he cooked us dinner, and we had some wine, and it was just nice. Quiet, sun streaming in through the windows. My mobile has no service, and the only person with the number to the landline is Anathema, so I haven't had one work call all day. And then he got tired, and we went up to bed, and... Good night, I suppose, he said with those sad eyes of his. Maybe he's just discovered the spider. But he'd do best just to leave the wardrobe alone. It's not ours anymore. It belongs to Gary and his family. Gary isn't a good spider name. But maybe it is something more. Maybe he feels the same warmth every time our skin touches... And maybe he is also fighting the urge to press his body against mine and his lips against mine. I think I can hear creaking. Out on the landing. He's probably just going to the bathroom. Nope, definitely coming in this direction. Hmm... Should I call out? Oh, more creaking, and his door falls shut. Maybe he was just, I don't know, moving Gary into the hall. I can't tell if I'm in denial or I'm in denial that there's anything to be in denial about. Third act. Aziraphale's taking the lead on this one. It's the whole sad list of people who have died, and my brand of acerbic wit doesn't really blend well with death. Instead, Aziraphale makes a lovely speech, plays the VT, and announces the trees that will be planted in each person's memory. He vetoed all my fart jokes. Third day. He's quiet at breakfast and doesn't finish all of his pancakes. I keep wanting to say something, but notice he hasn't touched his tea. Don't forget your tea, I say, and it hangs over everything. He spent the whole day in the garden, and he's barely talking to me. Not that he's ignoring me. 
He'll reply if I say something, but Raphael isn't a replying kind of person. He's the chatter your ear off until you go mad person. The can't take a hint to shut up person. I'm not enjoying the quiet. Around lunch, he finally comes inside. We should think about the big finale. So we do, and nothing else is mentioned. Lying in bed for the third night in a row, and he's been walking out into the hallway again. This is an old house. There are creaks whenever you move. I'm missing the quiet from before. Except, no, I'm not. I'm wishing that the creaking meant something more than what I can only assume is incontinence at this point. His door opens again, and that's it. Right, I say, throwing the duvet off of me and throwing open my own door. Aziraphale is on the top step of the second landing, less than a meter from me. He looks guilty. Can you stop creaking around, please? Oh, he says with those sad eyes of his. Sorry, of course. And I feel like I've kicked a puppy. Kicked a puppy and licked all of the icing off the cake. It's fine. It's just hard to sleep with the noise. Rightio. And I can tell he's trying to be chipper, trying to be fine, but I can see right through it. Good night. He turns to leave, head into his room for what I can only assume will be the last time this evening. But I can't let him. I reach out, grabbing his hand. It feels warm against mine, and all of the nerve endings in my body go quiet to focus on it. And his face, his beautiful, bright-eyed stare. Come to bed with me. It's dangerous territory. I know that. We have a job to do, and we've finally drawn the line under what was, even if it's a very confusing line that neither of us really understands, but this just blurs the line into obscurity. If I'm wrong... If he doesn't feel this too, it'll be the end of the Oscars. The end of this. I'll be driving him back to London in the morning and we'll never speak again. I'll return to the life I lived a year ago and everything will be absolutely fine. But he's kissing me before I can imagine everything going wrong. He has me pressed against the wall, eager lips pressing against mine, parting mine with his tongue, and hands moving out of hands and engulfing the rest of me into its glow. 
He whispers urgent nothings as I lead us into my bedroom. Thank God, Crowley. I've missed you. I need you. God. Final costume change. Back in the green room, and we are already dressed in the costume for the finale. Mine is a familiar customized tuxedo that I never thought I'd have the chance to wear again. Aziraphale is wearing a heart-achingly Aziraphale outfit. A tweed tie, a tweed jacket, a very good look on him even if it does bring back memories of my greatest humiliation. Think we've got time for a quickie? I joke. I like to savor my meals, is all he says, and fuck if it doesn't just do it for me. An hour tops and we can be back in here. There will be a hundred after-parties to pick between, but only after we celebrate alone. It's Adam. Three minutes. Let's get this over with, shall we? Aziraphale says fondly, holding a hand out to me like I'm Kira Knightley in a period film. Hell, if I don't swoon. Keep your mind on work. An hour and you never have to think about work again. Okay, so maybe Anathema will have something to say about that. But an hour and you can lock each other in whatever hotel room you like and work. The wings are quieter now. All of the awards have been done, so there are no people standing around holding envelopes or trophies or whatever. A couple of stagehands are focusing on the stage, some great lifetime achievement award or something ridiculous, and for just a moment I can pretend it's just us. Before I can stop myself, I reach over to him and kiss him. I intend on it being a chaste, something brush off the lips on the corner of his mouth, but he catches me and pulls me deeper, closer, tighter against him. To hell if the stagehands see. Other than Adam, these people are Americans. They don't care if we're kissing in the wings like horny theatre kids. So I savour it, savour kissing him at the Oscars. It's wonderful. Whatever's happening on stage comes to an end and the applause is our cue to head on. We pull away from each other, quicker than I'd like, but not rushed. Aziraphale's lips are full and red and utterly intoxicating, but I'm sure no one will notice. It's not like we are wearing a big sign saying just been making out over our heads. We're just flustered. It's fine. And my whole aesthetic is ten minutes away from a thorough shag, so it's fine. We walk out. The applause dies down. It's almost sad that it's coming to an end, but I'm tired. It's late, and there's plenty left of the night to get lost in. Still, try to take it all in. 
the most well-known faces in the world all hanging, albeit rather drunkenly, on our every word. With Aziraphale beside me, this just feels right. I smile and notice that people are smiling back. In the audience, Madame Tracy waves up at me, pointing excitedly at her award. Good for her. So, we know that you at home look at the people in this room and see otherworldly beings. I begin. Celebrities aren't like you and I. They don't get up to the same nonsense that we do. That makes the room laugh. Now, for anyone familiar with my show, we have a fantastic little segment that I'd like to explore tonight. Some of the audience cotton on and laugh. A few cheers, one of which I believe actually comes from Madame Tracy. That's right, people and gentlefolks. For one night only, I'd like to introduce the Academy Awards Das Gotcha Camp. Let's see what our heroes have been up to backstage, shall we? Equal parts panic and amusement wash through the crowd, but the lights go dim and the crowd falls quiet. We roll to VT and the screens across the room fill with the footage of our cameras. We see a comedian doing two shots right before coming out on stage to present an award. We see the nation's favorite actor come off stage and help a stagehand pick up some fallen envelopes. We see musical guests warming up in the corridor with a chicken dance. Charming actresses readjusting fancy gowns and fanning themselves with their envelopes. The brother of one of the nominees wandering around, hitting on models. And they're eating it up. Every clip warrants a reaction. Everyone's smiling. There's no storming off or shouting, just laughter and cheers and wolf whistles. We've done it! Wolf whistles? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck! There. Projected in 4K to screens across the globe is a hastily shot peep shot around the curtains of the wings. And in the shot are two people tangled in quite a steamy kiss. Two people who just happen to be the hosts of the show. Uh. Aziraphale freezes up next to me. People are literally giving us a standing ovation. Do they think this is planned? Can we get away with saying it's all a big joke? Don't get flustered. Don't get flustered. People and gentlefolks, we have been your hosts. You've been a wonderful audience. Make better films next year. Thanks. Bye. I don't know if they bought it. Aziraphale still has the word guilty stamped all over his face and might as well be stood there with hickeys down his neck and his trousers around his ankles. 
Still, we'll just say it was a stunt. A very authentic stunt. A very well-acted and authentic stunt. They're still cheering. Even Meryl looks amused in the front row. I grab Aziraphale's hand for the final bow, and he seems to unfreeze. He laughs, shakily, but it's something. We bow, and I'm not sure if it's the best idea to pull Aziraphale into a hug, but I want to, and bros hug all the time. It's fine. We did it. Mostly without incident. Mostly without flustering. I exaggerate the pats on the back, the way bros hug, and I think we're safe. The crowd is still applauding and people are starting to get up and head for the exits as Aziraphale whispers something in my ear. Huh? I ask. Can't hear you over the... I love you, he says. I'm in love with you, Crowley. I've loved you for the longest time and... I suppose I'm just happy to be here. He smiles. As if it's not a big deal. I open my mouth, ready to reply, to say something charming or smart or absolutely anything at all that will be helpful in this situation. Great. Utterly fantastic. Once again, words betray me, and the more I try to say anything, the more I look like a fish out of water. Aziraphale looks hurt, though not surprised, which hurts me even more. He looks like he's about to move off stage, but... Aziraphale, wait! I say, holding him in place. I don't care if the cameras are still rolling. I don't care if Meryl is watching, or Leo, or my producers back home. I kiss him. I'm certain this will be a gif in less than an hour, but I kiss him and pull him as close to me as human forms allow, and for the first time in my life, I sincerely don't care about if I have a TV show, or if Twitter loves me, or the audiences are nominating me for Lifetime Achievement Awards. He loves me. This person, who makes it his life's goal to bring joy to the world, gets joy from me. An idiot with a talk show, I think. And he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And that's the best achievement I think I have. Well... That and the noises I can draw out of him with my tongue, but this feels more substantial than even that, and if they don't give achievement awards for love, then they certainly don't hand out awards for that. Unless I'm in the wrong industry.